0: Hey everyone, thank you for listening to another episode of Everything In Me. It's your host, Sam, back with another episode. It's been a long time that I've recorded. I almost had to like really think about my intro and how I do it. Um, life has been full, life has been busy. Um, just just trying to strategize and maneuver things from a point of um, growth, um, because these last couple months I've definitely grown a lot more and I wanted to focus on my career because I don't think I've really touched on that. I've kind of mentioned it in different ways, but I haven't really elaborated, but I had a conversation with someone a couple of weeks ago and <clears throat> we talked about mentors and just people who have allowed me to develop my career and like where I've come from kind of thing. Um, and i thought it was really necessary to just kind of take a second and dive back and then bring you guys up to speed simply because i know i'm personally on a a career path now where i'm trying to use my um my current like gifts and and amplify that and surround myself around that because it's like a endless cycle like i give and i get and i give and i get because of the impact that i do make And so I want to continue to do that. And so one of the things that, um, really kept me through was pivotal individuals. But I think the first part of the story goes with where I started. So, um, when I first, my first job was actually at a plant nursery and in my mindset at that time was that I needed my own money. I was tired of asking my mom, tired of asking my dad, um, coming from immigrants you know, money is a big topic and it can be very challenging to, um, live the life you want at a 16 year old, you know, mind frame. If you have to keep asking your parents for every dollar, every cent. And I was so, I hate to say desperate because I really wanted to be in a place where I could make money and I got paid every Friday And I was able to, you know, have my own phone. Like I really wanted independence. That's really what it was. I felt like my parents weren't giving me the life I wanted and I needed to go get it. Um, They weren't really opposed to it, but they also weren't exactly excited about it. I remember my mom kind of saying like, what could you need so bad? Like, what could you want out of life so much? And um, I just want to note that I don't regret starting working at that age, but Um, It definitely is one of those moments that definitely shaped me and put me in a place where I could um, really like learn balance, learn timing, learn expectations. Um, I did my job really well and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed being there. I didn't really have any issues um, with being there except health wise. So for some reason I was experiencing like, you know, dizziness and fainting Um, I think it was due to my eating habits. I'm not exactly sure what it attributed to, but that was the biggest hindrance. Um, I had a woman where, um, who worked with me and I really, really wanted to get a phone. And I knew I, at the time I was using Metro. And so I had to pay for the phone in order to get it. And I didn't have the money. So my whole goal of like, you know, working was to get this phone. I wanted to get my phone. I wanted to be able to pay my phone bill. I wanted to have my own, my own. And so I remember telling her this and she was like, I'll front you the money. And then when we get paid, I'll just take my, my portion back. Boy, that day I got paid. I don't know why. It's not like I forgot. It was more like, I guess she, I don't know. I don't know. But I remember us cashing our checks and, um, she taking the money out for the phone and leaving me with whatever else I had left. And I kind of was like, Oh wow. Okay. This is reality. This is a... <laughs> life doesn't work where like, you know, um, I'll just take whatever you'll give me. Um, and I liked the responsibility. I liked having my own. I liked looking forward to that. Unfortunately, that job didn't last as long as I would have liked it to, but I quickly shifted to another role. Now, I realized I didn't really like being out in the sun and I really didn't like um having to be on my feet a lot of the times. I found myself kind of like ducking off finding places to kind of just kill time. Um then I switched over to retail, which was a very interesting experience because it felt like I had no life and my whole life was dedicated to retail. Um and I I mean there's people there that are probably still there and I did this was 2008. So, you know, it was a lot to be working and to be in school um I also did a shoe shoe company in a mall um and I was there for that it was okay it wasn't bad, but it also was just pretty much like a hangout spot it really wasn't about like an ethic like you didn't have to have a work ethic in order to work there um but I always found that i I really enjoyed like doing really well like I wasn't the type of person who wanted to just skim by and just tough luck. It was very much like I wanted to, you know, do really well, get noticed and also um, show myself that I was capable of more than just what they asked me to do. So I would take on little things. I would watch other, you know, employees and see how they maneuver things and stuff like that. So I took advantage of having access to a community of different people. And I also monitored kind of my managers and what they were doing and how they were contributing. And so I started to learn, kind of the expectations of each role and the hierarchy and that sort of stuff. And that was really enlightening simply because it gave me a sense of like business sense of business because my dad is an entrepreneur and I never really understood because being an entrepreneur can seem so open-ended, like do whatever you want, whenever you want, however you want. And I like some forms of structure. And so to have that experience where there was just, you know, um basically like free open ended everything kind of made me a little nervous but i found that my behavior in those environments um reflected the individuals around me now when i moved over to another retailer uh macy's i found that i had like a double i had an interest in purchasing clothes so i worked a little bit harder took on more shifts i also was in college so i made sure to like organize my days Um, but what happened in my home life is that the more independent became, I became the more invisible I became. And that really, really kind of just, I don't know, kind of was such a stark contrast to my sibling. And, um, I felt like overlooked. I remember coming home after like working all day and wanting dinner and just thinking like, I'm still living at home. I'm 19 at the time that I would have dinner. No dinner. It was like a slap in the face because for those of you who don't know, I don't think I really talked about it on my platform, probably under the episode where I talk about my mom. Um, My brother and I experienced our parents completely different. We shared the same parents, but living together and living in parenting style wise, my brother and I were uh, like like oil and water, um, hot and cold. It was, were two opposites in how we were addressed and dealt with. We also are two different individuals, which is understandable, but, um, the expectation around me as a female pretty much was very clear that I had to be very independent when it came to from my mother's perspective. Um, my dad put more pressure on my father, on my son, I mean, on his son to be more independent of which he didn't necessarily do. He still barely does it now. Um, my mom has a huge soft spot for her boys. And that's something that I experienced over and over again through multiple instances where I'm like, really, we're doing this for real again. Um, I got to the point where I just knew, you know, that's a whole nother segment of like, just the the stark differences in how she dealt with me versus how she dealt with him. The things that he got away with versus the things that I had to tolerate and deal with, or I wouldn't say deal with, but more or less like what was expected of me. Um, but from a career standpoint, being independent, I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed having and making my own schedule. I got to the point where I was able to select the days that I wanted, the times that I wanted, choose whether or not I wanted to show up for a shift. I found myself being having more leadership roles within the organization simply because I took initiative on a lot of different things. And the people that I worked with were really great people. Um, um, my, I remember my Macy's manager, she was just so encouraging and so like supportive of me just taking on leadership roles. And the thing that I knew from the beginning was that it wasn't going to be home it was not going to be a home. I saw many, many people who just ended up there for years and years and years and just kind of got stuck. And I remember that so vividly of like the people who were like, yeah, I've been here 18 years. I've been here 12 years. I've been here for five years. And I'm like, no, there's no way in hell I could see myself being here for that long simply because it just didn't have opportunity. And so when I recognized I needed opportunity, I shifted over to another retailer and they were like, we're going to press a button on all your time and suck it dry and halfway train you and throw you out to the wolves. And that was the first time I actually quit a job. So every other time, hint, hint, no, I lied. I quit my first job because I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. The second job I had, I was, I quit second job. Oh no, it wasn't the first time. So I've quit a couple of jobs. But, um, Going over to Target, it was mm, it was a factory, honey. It was a factory. There was one day that um, it was like a call out day for some reason, and like I think like ten people called out. That day was hell because I didn't get the memo, and I was in there doing multiple rolls, hats, you name it, just trying to keep everything afloat. Um, And there's nothing I could really do about it, you know. I had to roll with the punches. Um, when I shift over to education and had more of a set Monday through Friday schedule, I loved it. I loved the idea of just knowing where my life was gonna go and what my days were gonna look like and what the expectations were. I had more stability, I had more um set boundaries um it was amazing. I really enjoyed it. It was simple it was easy. It wasn't something that I felt like I spent more time like twiddling my fingers than actually actively like working. Now, that's something that um, at that time, I didn't really have a say-so as far as who do I want to be as an employee or as a staff member or as a boss or whatever. I didn't have a sense of that. And that's something that I think a lot of us kind of go into things like, okay, I'll take that role. That'll be great. Now, now I know my worth and I know exactly what I can contribute and what I can do and how I can transform. But I never understood the sense of like entitlement associated with um a job as an individual or being in a relationship or you know what I contribute to um my circle and my community. I can I can you know quantify that. I can tell you all about that. But for a job, I didn't understand like these bargaining chips that certain people were, you know, dishing out and going through. And so that's something that I had to, I kind of, I, it took me a very long time to develop that, to be honest with you. And it was simply because I just didn't there's no clear shot on discovering that. So hopefully in this conversation, I'll be able to give you guys a little bit more insight of the things that you have to kind of work on. But I want to continue to go through my history so you can kind of walk with me on where I've been, where I'm headed, you know, what I've been through. So, you know, going into the education space, more consistency, nine to five, um, you know, having a, a steady work group. Um, which allowed for a sense of community because these are individuals you spend eight hours of the day with Monday through Friday. Um, you get to know, you get to understand their complete horror stories. And there's some really beautiful relationship that blossom because of that. Um, one of them being a mentor to this day, that really shapes how I look at myself in my career and how I stand up for myself and how I um, describe myself. And, um, It's one of those blessings that I was able to obtain as I was trying to navigate that world. Now, when I got into that world, I felt like I could hold myself afloat and I did really well. There were instances in which I didn't necessarily conform to the standard or the expectation. Um, When you are an assistant for someone, for those of you who have been or are familiar with them, there are so many things that are unsaid but yet expected of you to do or to perform or to figure out and it can be very taxing being someone's brain sometimes um and you know thinking ahead and designing and all of those sort of things can be extremely 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 taxing um that's not a role I think I will ever do in my entire life I actually I mean, I cringe, um, simply because it's a, it's a role that I feel is underestimated. A lot of assistants from my experience really know whoever they're working with and they understand them and they, they design their days around them because they know what's coming. They know how to predict them. They know how to work with them. Um, Some of them, not so much. To be a good assistant, you really have to understand the person you're working with or the people you're working with and start to predict them and forward think and contribute and manage and oversee and, you know, um, stay on top of things and be dynamic. They don't get enough credit. We don't get enough credit in being in that role. There's definitely a lot that goes into it. And so I wouldn't ever underestimate an assistant that you have or someone who's an assistant. There are some that just don't get it and don't occupy that, that kind of namesake. But there are a lot who really, really, you know, that's their whole job is to assist you in your dreams or your role or your program or your organization. And that's all that they're there to do. So they're naturally a part of the team. They're part of the bread and butter. Um, one thing I always lean, lean, you know, made sure I leaned into was that I knew people from the top to the bottom. I think that was my saving grace: is the fact that I wasn't afraid to speak to the dean. I wasn't afraid to speak to the provost. I wasn't afraid to speak to the cleaning lady. I wasn't afraid to speak to the teller. Like I, I did it. Didn't it? You name it. I know everyone everywhere. Um, I definitely think I inherited that from my sister, um, but I took it a step further because I really enjoyed maintaining those relationships. Because at different Parts of my um my job, I became an entrepreneur where I was you know coming up with programs initiatives. I participated in the um, committee of United Way, and that was kind of my big breakout, if you will, where I was able to design things around concepts that I thought would be valuable. In the goal was to get more money, and. I focused on mostly making sure that there was a sense of community. So a chili cook-off, a bake-off, a bingo. Um, I did things like that that allowed us to be able to connect the working individuals together. Now, at that time, I didn't see it as revolutionary, um, but I saw it as fun because I love event planning. I even had an open mic night at one of the spaces um, where I invited... um, um, high school friends to come and perform. It was hilarious because there's barely anybody in there, but it was one of those things that I was like, just slowly kind of getting my feet wet in that arena. Um, you know, there's many pieces to the puzzle that I think a lot of people don't see and understand that has gotten me to this place. And for everyone attempting or trying to, um, quantify, you know, solidify and, you know, really, you know, gather their worth, um, understand their value point and what their capabilities are. It's really important for you to look at yourself from the benefit of the, um, you know, you, wherever you work. Um, I took chances. I'm, I took risks. I didn't necessarily consider them. It was more of like, I see all the pieces I can put them together. If I can see the pieces, I'll put them together. And so it was these little, little things. At one point I even, um, me and my sister, my sister and I were approached to help run a lounge and facilitate help with events and organize. And that was my first taste of dealing with a client who was not coachable. There was no way, there was no way. This woman had her own vision and she really just wanted staff to help her make that come to light. Our input, our contributions didn't go anywhere. They went nowhere and that was the biggest friction, but it, this whole concept of showcasing what I was attempting to do definitely opened up a lot of doors. It opened a lot of opportunities for me and I didn't recognize it again, still at that time. So one of the things that kind of happened to me in this experience is that I was stalked by HR. I believe that the, how young I was intimidated, the, it didn't, it didn't match up with the experience level or what, how I was performing or kind of holding myself together. And I was more than likely, yeah, probably the, the youngest individual in, um, the organization who was kind of holding her own and figuring it out and all that sort of stuff. So I, it can't, it kind of made me a target, um, I learned from a lot of seasoned, you know, assistants and um it 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 became my network of people that I depended on. Now, at the time, I still wanted more. I, my thing was I'm only doing this where so I can maintain my life. I didn't realize um, the value that I could bring and what I could do. I kind of just felt like if I can hold on to this and I can have the things outside of this that I want. So whether it be having a car, getting my own place, that was the kind of goal or intention. Now I mentioned college. So my relationship with college was that I started college straight out of high school. I went to um, a local college here in South Florida and, um, it was okay. It was not the place for me. I could kind of tell but I kind of just went with it because I just felt like it's local. It's easy. Um, I get to make up my schedule. I'm working full, you know, part-time and there's quotations here. I'm working part-time. I can go to school part-time. We'll make, you know, we'll make it work. Um, it gave me the freedom and flexibility that I wanted, but it wasn't, I wasn't really invested there. And when I merged over to education, um, I continued my studies, but I just didn't feel attached to anything that I was studying. I changed my major like three or four times. I went in for music education. I did, um, then I switched to journalism. Then I switched to interior design. I I was all over the place. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I just felt the need to be somewhere and be in something because that was a natural progression of school, you know, like, okay, what are you doing for college? Um, Also coming from immigrants, it also lent itself where the the expectation was there. Like, okay, what are you going to do for yourself? Um, so I follow that up with, um, dropping out of college because I realized, you know what, there's no way I can do education. You work in education and do college because it's just taking too much of my time. Um, especially coming from retail time is super valuable where you walk, you go into the, you know, you feel like you go into the establishment during the day, come out at night and you just repeat like that. mm, I'm young. I want to enjoy myself. I want to go out. I want to have a life. And so I let that go. I also did not know what I wanted to do. That's the major piece. Like I didn't know where I wanted to be, what I wanted to focus on. It wasn't until many years later (laughs) that I decided to go back. And really what led me to going back was that I felt like, um, it was a pivotal moment where I was at an ex's house and, um, I had just gotten laid off from a job and, um, I was so frustrated because this job basically, it was it marked every single like yes mark. So touching really quickly so I can just progress with everything. I'm in education. I'm doing my thing. I am being stalked by HR now because I'm becoming a threat where they're not understanding how am I able to kind of keep everything afloat. I did have a couple of instances where mental health did come into play, not only for myself, but for my sister and people around me, But I wasn't able to tend to them because there was more expectation and demand in my work life than having a personal life. I vividly remember one time telling my job, telling my boss, listen, I feel like there's a great cloud over me right now and I'm having a really hard day. And her response was, listen, we all have those. You just have to suck it up and keep keep going. And I just was stunned because I was like, wow just suck it up like that that and I asked her to go home and she was like no there's work to be done so there was no sense of like oh no I understand there was no handout in that regard and that was the first role that I had where I didn't have support I didn't have someone that I could lean on and and give me guidance and kind of nurture me that was when I had to put my big girl panties on um so all of that's happening Feeling the pressure. And so I start looking at other jobs because I'm like, this isn't it. I don't think that, you know, I'm able to really grow here. Um, and I find a job. It's a better title, better pay, closer to home. There is no red flags. I have the interview. I nail it. I get it on the interview. It's the first interview I've ever had where they're like, we'll hire you on the spot. And I do the unraveling, unraveling, get over to there, do that. Um, and it doesn't work out because I'm the newest one in, they do some restructuring. I'm the the first one to go. And I never, and it's crazy because as I was there, I never got acclimated. I struggled so much just to be there, um, just to, to retain. I've never had my brain like not retain any of the work. Like I struggled so much to just make sure that I could just do my job. Um, and that was definitely a sign i was actually in a commercial for them which is hilarious cuz i'm going to tell you how it's going to come back commercial where they're advertising their newest degree program but i did have some gems i was able to because i was under right under a dean i was able to have access to meetings as his assistant um of what they wanted to do as far as restructuring making sure they're competitive these major major meetings that um really shaped the college and so um It was something that stuck with me to this day of just how the system works, education system works and what defines like accreditation, what makes, what are elements that they use or think about in order to, um, translate that in the job field. So all of those pieces definitely, um, stuck with me for life. But, um, you know, I eventually, you know, I was laid off two days after my birthday and, this is how I knew like I had some, some fight in me. I get laid off. I don't really tell anyone. Um, I'm losing it. Like I completely am shambles because I have to pay for my car note. And that's all I care about. (laughs) I'm just like, I gotta pay for my, I'm still living at home, but I'm like, my responsibility is like, what am I going to do? I can't take care of myself. And I go home, I tell my sister, but I apply for unemployment first. And I apply for like 20 jobs. And then I turn off my phone and I go to sleep and I just wrap it up. And ever since, so I was basically, you know, without a job, I go through, um, unemployment. I do the resume builder. I do the mock interviews. I do classes. I do whatever it takes to make sure I can get back into this field. My unemployment only covers my, um, my note, basically my car note and my insurance at the time. And I'm getting it. Every two weeks, maybe no, every month or something like that. I can't remember, but it's definitely not enough to keep me afloat. I in a relationship, and I head up to go um, for his graduation and stuff like that. And I'm at the party with his family, and they're asking like, "What are you doing with your life?" Mind you, I'm let go. I'm not in college. I really have nothing going on for me. I already feel it. I already felt like I didn't want to go because I just feel like. I don't belong. And this woman says to me, like, that's not an excuse. And I'm like, but I'm laid off. And she's like, that's not an excuse. So I excuse myself <laughs> right after that. And I go into the bathroom and I'm bawling. I am Losing it, and I remember this moment so vividly because I felt like she saw right through me. she knew I had some sort of fire in me, but I was using my me being laid off, and technically, I was doing everything that I could. I was applying to jobs, I was showing up for interviews interview an hour and a half away I'd take it I went to trainings for different things I really was doing my 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 job or doing things on my end, and I think that's something sometimes people who um people from the outside, when you're looking for a job, they feel like you're not, even though you've already applied to 30 jobs in a day. Um, but anyways, I'm crying, I'm crying, I'm crying. And I'm just like really trying to just hold it together. Cause the party's definitely not done. His stepbrother walks by and he's like, let go and let God. And he's being funny because he's saying, he thinks I'm pooping and I'm doing the, like nothing close to it. And in that moment, I just can't remember. like, let go and let God, let go and let God. And I just left it to God. And I'm like, he's going to get me through this. So I come back um, from that and I'm watching TV. My commercial is now playing on TV for the job that I used to have. So I see myself on TV, unemployed, at home, you know, it's those Everest commercials. It's those uh, Kaiser commercials. It's me, you know, and I'm like, and at this time I'm at home and we didn't have cable. So you, I'm getting those commercials all the time. Then I see a commercial for a college that's completely online and it's like, we're accepting applications, you know, et cetera, et cetera. At this time I'm still applying. I'm still applying, really don't have anything going for me. I did a temp job which um, lasted three weeks. And I had a great experience though, because in me being there, it was for me, my opportunity to make my mark. I really was set on making my mark because I'm back in the arena in which I first started in the educational space and I wanted to make my mark. So I worked my ass off and I was like on top of things and doing more than I should have, but it really paid off because the head really, they changed their mind. So I was there temporarily to basically filling the gap of the person who quit to the person who's going to start by the second week. They wanted to hire me into the person that was going to start. I, they asked the person who was going to start, are you sure you're going to start? This person said, yes, I'm definitely going to start. So I guess it was no secret because when I, when I, um, you know, had finished working with them, they were very sad about it. I met the new person. And um, a year later, that person came back to me and was like, hey, do you want the job? Because this isn't for me. And I declined it. Um, so in between that, I applied for that job. Sorry, I applied for that school that i saw online. That was completely online because it gave me the freedom to do whatever job, wherever I wanted to go. So I was happy about that. I started that in March. Now, next was a job. How I had, financial aid. And I did, I spoke with the, um, the counselor and she just gave me the, the free run of like, tell me about yourself. And then I'll tell you what degree probably makes sense for you. So mind you, during my degrees, I, Could not wait to finish. I was like, okay, but am I almost closed? Am I almost done? Like one class in, I'm like ready to be done. Never wanted to do my degrees, first of all. I just, I did them just to say, hey, I have them, but I never, ever really wanted to do them. And I felt like it was so stupid because the degree doesn't necessarily dictate my experience level. Anyways, and also because I knew how degrees or the education system worked, I was even more opposed to doing it because there's a lot of things, um, that they do that don't necessarily correlate with real life. And so I wasn't about that anyways. So I was able, after applying and applying, I was able to land a job um, and it was full time. And I started in February, February 1st. I've been in that job next year will make 10 years. And that job has given me the utmost opportunity to be a playground. And I don't take that for granted. It has caused me to be responsible. It's caused me to be impactful. Um, I've made a lot of mistakes, big whoopsies, big failures. I made what I feel like to be an embarrassment of myself. I have tested out different um, roles, if you will. I've had access to um, different conversations. I have, you know, made changes. I have thoroughly grown in that role. I was able to complete both of my degrees in this role um with full support of the office. It was a complete like, you know, happy ever after as far as my, you know, career-wise. Now here are the, the gems in which I had to learn or I was able to use to kind of harvest to be my my chips, my cards. Now when I got into this role, there was so much freedom and there was also so much opportunity. Now, as I started seizing the opportunity, I started pulling from the things that I had experienced in other roles, retail and through education, that allowed me to um, design my own role. And it was really the trusting of my director or directors at the time that allowed me to do that. Now, I felt like there was opportunity in the space, so I consult on um, ideas and companies and businesses. And and then I add to that events, mentorship, all that sort of stuff. So there's a lot that goes into it that I've essentially designed and created. Now, it started to come to my attention slowly, but surely, probably in like year one, to be honest with you, where it was like, whoa, this me exceeding the expectations and really taking the initiative has caused me to become very valuable. And sometimes it was, you know, I couldn't do this without her. Um, she's the glue. Um, she really has done all this. I can't take any credit. That sort of wordage allowed me to say, Hey, I'm doing something really right here. Now, again, at that time, I didn't feel the ownership or attachment that I could go around, you know, with these chips and start bargaining. But I felt like, Hmm, there's something here. I am very valuable. Now, what ended up happening is as I obtained my degrees, I understood how people with degrees become more marketable. And I even participated in a leadership um, certificate program that was done by the university. And thanks to Gannette, she's a listener. Thank you for listening, Gannette, as always. And I actually did a podcast episode with her featuring her. So definitely check that out. Um, but it's, it also created another selling point um my interest in self growth it was the the biggest part of it all where i was not afraid to learn other people's jobs or roles because i realized the value that they brought to my own now it's a scary place to be to put that on yourself. It's a lot of pressure and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm very hard on myself. I'm naturally very hard on myself. I don't know if it's because of where I come from or is it because I like or, or enjoy um the experiences that I get to have because I put myself in those places. Um but either way, it's a very taxing place to be in, so I'm not going to lie to you guys. But it's also a very rewarding place to be in because I have access to a lot of information and a lot of great things that I wouldn't necessarily have access to if I played it small, if I just kind of stick with the assistant role that I was given. Um, I have now worked myself up to being the assistant director and it's caused me to basically, you know, maneuver the office in the direction in which I see fit. My my, my worth comes from knowing that the efforts that I've made have turned into real results. That's where you start to see your value. So if you implement something and it creates a change, that's value. If you remove something that's no longer working and it creates a good, a positive change, that's value. If you invest or contribute things that are above or outside or unique from your own, um, role, that's a value. Um, if you manage oversee things that turn into valuable experiences, um, financial gain, um, cutting costs, um, creating a sense of community, that's a value. There's a lot of different things that you can do that will cause value. And it was the support of other external people who didn't I didn't necessarily work for that could see the value I brought. And then also comparing myself to other, you know, um roles and, and opportunities that also became um very valuable. There were just many different things. Now, when I thought about my career, my path, I knew I had to couple it with my own sense of direction. I couldn't just allow my job to dictate, okay, I'm going to go from job to job. I, on the side, needed to design something that I felt really good about, something that I felt like I was contributing, that I was doing really well in. And that's where starting my businesses, um, being able to start up meetup groups, anything like that, that I could do to add value that was my own take was really important to me. And, you know, with everything aside, I think the biggest thing was, am I happy with my input, my contribution. I'm elated. I'm so proud of myself. And I acknowledge that anytime that I can, and I remind myself of that anytime that I can. I still, to this day, connect with those at the bottom and those at the top, those in between. I know who the real worker bees are, the ones who are really you know, making sure that organizations and businesses breathe. And I'm so appreciative of them. My shift now has been more on as a leader, how do I create either other leaders or support people who are here supporting me? How do I make sure that I have a stamp on them, that they become, I wouldn't say more valuable, just more enlightened um, and don't take that experience for granted. I've learned so much from my staff over the years and I'm appreciative of them. I'm supportive of them. I couldn't do it without them Um, I love their contributions. I love how they disrupt things. I love how they um, design things. And my goal, I would say, moving forward is to become a leader that encourages, inspires everyone to find the the niche, the, um, the life choice, the um, lifestyle that they connect with, that they re- resonate with and fight for that and go for that. And 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 basically shifting people into spaces that they probably wouldn't have done um, because maybe their career technically isn't on that path. Like my background is, or I wouldn't say background, but my degrees are in communications and management and leadership. And I did that because I wanted to stay broad. I didn't want to be boxed in, and I didn't want to feel like my only option was X, Y, or Z. And It was a a unique and distinct move, so that way I could have options. I also realized I don't do well as an assistant. I learned so much about myself through working with other people in different environments of things that I didn't like, which put me into places where if I wanted to try it or I wanted to learn more, I was sincerely going to have to level up. Like I was going to have to force myself to try something new. There were different experiences where I couldn't see myself managing someone else, but I did like part of being a part of a team where I could lead certain parts, but not necessarily design and take the whole credit, if you will. I wanted to have a sense of community. And that's how I kind of run my office now where Everyone gets to say so. That's expected of you. Um, playing to someone's you know, strengths is something I like to do, but also throwing them curveballs, um, putting them in places that they don't know. Um, one of the things that I'm definitely learning and working on is just time management, being better about following up, being better at just staying on top of the things and learning what my my um, limits are because I can overcommit (laughs) very quickly, but maintaining and being consistent and seeing it through is a whole nother thing and empowering and engaging another set of individuals to um, take the lead on things, be disruptive with certain things, but also be very um, supportive and helpful is another piece of the puzzle that I'm deeply trying to work on. So that way I can make sure that I capitalize this era of my life and apply it to my business because I do want to be able to run my own business and one day, um, and be solely funded, um, finance, you know, cover all my finances with my own business. Um, but I, I, my worth, my value is in the results. It's in the outcomes, It's in the proven methodologies. It's in the approach. It's in the consistency. It's in the years of experience. It it is in the um the things that I'm able to output, and that's something you have to pay attention to. You can't just do things just for yourself to just make yourself happy within a role. If you want to be seen as quote unquote marketable or um you know impactful, you do those things for yourself, but you add. For others, because in a role, you impact others in some way, shape, or form, and whether it mean it's two people or twenty or fifteen hundred, if you do things that in turn benefit or make majority of those lives better, that's going to be something that people are going to notice, and I think I've never come from the the angle of like I want to be noticed or I want people to you know applaud for me that's not what I'm here for um I've never been that person. That's a little bit weird because I'm more of an introvert, but I do want to make an impact that's meaningful. And it's very hard to do that in business without seeming like a copy paste or just following the rule book. But it does take effort and it does take intention. And I bring that, I bring that wherever I am. I try to be as authentic as possible, you know, whether it's being the peppy person in the room or the most honest person in the room or the person who will sit back and and just listen, whatever it takes, I'm all for it. And also not being afraid to have a sidebar with someone whenever, um, I can tell something's off and I can tell like, as a human, they're not where they want to be or they should be. And so I'm just hoping that, um, that definitely, you know, creates some impact with you all. And, you know, I appreciate everyone for listening because it definitely, um, makes me feel aligned, and this is my safe space. This is my place of just being myself and speaking from my heart. And I never want to get rid of it. I know I've been inconsistent, but you know it's not that I don't think of you all and just engaging with you all and how much value you guys bring to my life because you certainly do. And I'm not gonna stop rocking with you all. So. Stay tuned for more episodes. I'm currently working on my website, which is beating my butt up, but I'm so happy because it's going to be the best tool for you all. So it's definitely going to be something that's going to grow, but I want to get it out as soon as possible. Um, just so you guys can have access to it and check out everything in me, IG for Instagram to be able to be as consistent with me. Cause I'm always posting just different things that are motivational, encouraging, positive, enlightening, supportive, and just rooting for you all overall. So thank you all for rocking me once again, and I will talk to you guys in my next episode.